Welcome to the seventh episode of Demol Belgi Argentina Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Armstrong, and joining me as always is a Canadian who I can tell is scared right now just because of his ears, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mr. Saunders. And we're going to go right into it because this pair of episodes is so much fun. I rewatched episode seven, eight, and nine all together um, in the past sort of day or so, and it's a really fun ending to the season. So previously, Hannah was kidnapped in the middle of the night, and the other four were sent to save her with varying degrees of success. The mole was tested in the evening before Jill was challenged to beat the Buenos Aires Metro, but his success was negated by everyone else sucking their challenges. However, it was a pre-execution mind game which added to their misery, as they couldn't agree on a strategy and lost €3,000 from the pots, right before Bruno was next to get sent home. Was he kidnapped by Carlos Paloma on the way to the airport? He was, yes. Bruno is still, sadly, trapped in a pigeon cage in the middle of Buenos Aires. At least he's got a lot of pizza. But he only gets the crust, though. He doesn't get the good bits of it, he just gets the crust. Just enough to sustain himself. I mean, in some countries, uh, pizza sauce is actually classified as a vegetable, so it's one of his five a day. Yeah. It's like you're practically drinking V8. Exactly. So we open the episode with some stock footage of gauchos before Papa Bear watches a goose be put into a harness. And these are sentences you could only write in a mole recap. I wonder, because... You know with Amazing Race, how they have any challenge involving animals that they instantly get flack from PETA, where it becomes yeah. a big controversy and lots of articles are written? Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's the same thing in Belgium, where, because if this episode were to air in America, seeing a goose be put in a harness, I don't think would go over well. No, I was quite surprised that they actually put it in at all, because being conditioned to watch American TV, you go, oh, they're going to get so much flack from that. This probably isn't worth their while doing it. Yeah, I mean, with Mason Race, I mean, so, the, some of the flack is deserved, like showing people riding elephants. We know that's a practice that should be completely done with. <laughs> yeah. It's very difficult to even find a place to ride elephants in uh, Thailand or Southeast Asia anymore. And if you do, you're, you're certainly not going to take pictures of it without looking like a huge jackass. <laughs> no, I mean, I know on a cruise I took a couple of years ago, the... Uh... They had to cancel a trip which involved riding elephants because of the backlash that other uh, tourists had given it. <laughs> so we open proper on day 16 with everyone leaving Buenos Aires on a drive to Sierra de la Ventana. Nobody expected Bruno to go, so the long drive is a little bit quiet. And they arrive at a typical family ranch. Hannah strikes a donkey and says that it's scared and you can tell by its ears. And Kathy finds a baby. <laughs> Somebody's random baby. <laughs> yeah, Kathy is adding to her misery this season by just stealing a baby. She'll bring it back to Greece with her. It'll sneak into her carry-on luggage. Yeah, but it's got to be strapped into one of those leather harnesses that the goose gets put in. <laughs> well, ga- gauchos chase her through security. They're galloping! They're galloping! They're going flat out now. <laughs> <laughs> and the really weird thing about uh, Kathy finding a baby is that she sees a baby, she immediately thinks, Madonna likes babies, Madonna played Ava Peron. <laughs> We've got to go to Recoleta now. <laughs> Guys, I'm sure there's something at Recoleta. <laughs> it's funny because later on they talk about, I can't believe this aired in an episode, but they had a full conversation about baby Hitler. Would you kill baby Hitler? Then the next question, which they didn't air on TV, was, would you adopt baby Evita? <laughs> I know I've said this a lot in these recaps, but there is so much of this season that I have forgotten, and the baby Hitler conversation was a massive part of this episode that I had completely forgotten even existed. It's a full, I know we're jumping ahead, but it's a full five minutes of them talking about baby Hitler. 
<laughs> like, what a weird way to fill up airtime. You, you think that producers have hours and hours of footage, and they're like, man, what should we include in the episode? I know, an ethical dilemma of what you would do if you, if knowing what you knew now of history, what you would do with baby Hitler. It, would it be like Super Mario World 2, where you just strap him to your back and, you know, run around the, the Mushroom Kingdom? And the other fun thing is that if that scene aired now, you would have someone in the background probably going, baby Hitler, do 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 do, baby Hitler, do 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 do, baby Hitler, do 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 do, baby Hitler, daddy Hitler, do do Now he has a mustache, do 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 And then Papa Bear describes how each person could be the mole, Jill is impulsive, Stein is discreet, Kathy is calculated, and Hannah is playful. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, all of the moles are calculated. Yeah. And Papa Bear does meet them himself the next morning and says that they need to split into two groups. One will go horse riding, one will do something a little bit more sedate. And Hannah says she wants to ride horses, as does Kathy. And Stein offers to take one for the team and not go horse riding, even though he's never done it. And they all end up drawing sticks for it anyway. And interestingly, I will say I was looking at all the bios earlier to try and work out what we asked a few a few weeks ago about who was born in Kosovo. And someone's bio in the final three says that one of their weaknesses is horse riding, and I'm not going to tell you who it is, because it does spoil something. But somebody in this final three, after, spoilers, Stein goes home, says that um, that horse riding is one of their weaknesses. Hmm. And you can probably guess, given how cagey I'm being about it, who it actually is, Logan. Yeah, I, would have, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it is the person you're thinking of. So in the end, Kathy and Stein end up being the more peaceful group, lol at Kathy ever being peaceful, and head off with Fernanda, a guide to birdwatching. And the more birds they identify and photograph, the more money they'll earn. Hannah and Jill go horse riding. Well, not exactly. And they're acquainted with El Pato, the Argentinian national sports, where two rival ranches would compete for control over a goose in a leather pouch. How did this become a sport? I have no idea. It's one of those really weird ancient sports, I think. But it's the sort of thing where they pick a location, go, Argentina, that's amazing. And then go, yeah, we're definitely adopting El Pato in some capacity. Although, we're going to have to make sure that nobody really wrestles the goose properly. They're going to have to give up the goose pretty quickly if uh, the gauchos catch up with them, because otherwise, Peter are going to be all over their asses. Can you imagine just a live wrestling match over a goose? I couldn't remember how close this challenge gets, and I sort of remembered in the back of my mind that it might get get to the point where the gauchos actually uh, do catch up with them. I couldn't remember how close it was, because it was very close in the end. Well, what would have been hilarious is right near the finish line, if the one gaucho just jumps off his horse and tackles uh, Jill's or Hannah to the ground. <laughs> this is my dinner. I've been out in the woods for weeks. <laughs> So all they have to do to earn a thousand euros is to get their goose back to the ranch, which is 12 kilometers away. Along the way, there'll be three mini challenges for them to earn much more. However, they will be chased by two gauchos who are currently sleeping on the mountain above them. For every mini challenge they reach, the gauchos will speed up in their approach. If they manage to steal the goose, then Hannah and Jill will lose all the money that they've earned. And they get a one hour advantage. Stein and Kathy get aboard of 46 birds that they can see in the area, each with a value associated with it. If they, if they take a picture of each one and show it to Fernanda, they will earn its value for the pot. They can earn up to 7,000 euros for the pot in this challenge. And believe me, it took far too long for me to actually work out the values for this challenge. I did have to freeze frame this challenge so much to work it out. But it's 7,000. So they did not earn that high of a percentage for it. 
And if they show her the same bird twice, they will lose all the money that they've earned so far in that challenge. And Kathy starts her preparation to photograph lots of birds by completely forgetting to take the lens cap off the camera. <laughs> it's like the Haley Haley Helmets Memorial mess up. <laughs> and they get 250 euro birds straight away and get to 300 euros quickly, but haven't seen the most expensive bird yet, which is the 1500 euros worth of goose. Is it like an Arda, Articuno or a Zapdos or a Moltres? Oh, believe me, Pokemon doesn't acknowledge Generation 1 anymore. It's Charizard and Pikachu and that's it. Oh, is that what it's like in Pokemon Sword and Shield? Yeah, they've changed the slogan from Gotta Catch Em All to Gotta Catch maybe a quarter of them. Oh, they just cut out a bunch of the Pokemon from the newest one? Yeah, if you look at all the um, all the complaints about uh, about Sword and Shield, including from myself, they completely refuse to acknowledge all but about 100 of the older Pokemon out of nearly 900 of them. Really? Yeah, and then there's about 100 new ones. And the DLC, which is £27, is what? reintroducing some of them. Yeah. that's. I know Pokemon likes to uh, inflate the market a bit because they know people will pay for it, but that'd be like 50, that'd be like 50 bucks Canadian at least, just for a few more Pokemon on a game. The DLC is two new areas with about 200 old Pokemon in it. And then a couple of new ones and some, and a couple of like old forms and stuff. That'd be more. That'd be just as expensive as the game itself. Hmm. That's kind of the point. It replaces the third game that they normally do in a generation. Is that they're doing these two pieces of DLC, which are grossly inflated price wise. Hmm. So Hannah and Jill find the first mini challenge, and they must use catapults to shoot bottles hanging from a tree, which is fifteen meters away. Each bottle contains an amount, some as low as 10 or 20 euros, but two of the bottles contain a thousand euros. And an educated guess on this is that the total prize fund for this challenge is two and a half thousand euros. They never actually say it. It's the one bit of this episode that I'm not entirely confident on the value of, but it works out if it's two and a half thousand. They just know they're not going to get all the bottles. No, they have to be super lucky to get all the bottles. Or someone has to be a sharpshooter. And Hannah's the only one that gets any bottles down? No, Shell does get some eventually, I think. He doesn't get loads, but he gets some of them. He doesn't get the thousand euro one, right? That was all Hannah? No, that was that was Hannah, yeah. And Fernanda offers Stein some mate, and Kathy refuses. <laughs> yeah. Was Fernanda kind of hitting on Stein? Oh, 100%. <laughs> so I'm like, she's paying a lot of attention to Stein, not like an exaggerated sense, but there was there was something there. Yeah, but without really saying too much, if you had the choice between spending time with Stein or spending time with Kathy, you wouldn't choose Kathy. I'm guessing Stein has a lot, is just a fairly charming guy all, overall. Yeah, I seem to remember he was fairly charming when we met him. And he comes across a lot more charming on the episodes rather than win at all costs Kathy. Yeah, yeah. If you're if it's just Stein and Kathy in a room together, yeah, Stein's going to pop out that much more. And after an hour is up, the gauchos get released, and they begin at a stroll, but each time they pass a challenge, they will speed up. I thought they weren't released, they were. They just happened to wake up at exactly one hour. I think Papa Bear shook them awake and went, wake up! <laughs> he just grabs them by the collar. There's a goose on the loose! <laughs> There's a goose loose around this hoose. <laughs> There's a goose on the loose. <laughs> There's a bird in the air. So when they pass the first challenge, they will uh, speed up to a trot, and then to a gallop, and then to full out. 
And Hannah and Jill keep shooting bottles as they want the thousand euro bottle that's missing, but they end up giving up at 1,190 euros. And Stein and Kathy have spotted 500 euros worth of birds, so decide to switch locations to a platform in a tree, at which point it starts absolutely bucketing it down. Yeah, not as many birds will be out in the open anymore. And meanwhile, Jill and Hannah arrive at the second challenge, and there are six sheep in pens made up of 13 gates, and they have to rearrange the pens so they're made up of only 12 gates, with each pen having one sheep. And they can earn another thousand euros if they get the correct solution, which they do, but it does require them to actually, you know, keep a hold of the sheep. And for once, Hannah actually works out the solution to a puzzle without the time running out. <laughs> and they work a little bit too fast and the sheep escape, and in chasing one of them across the hills, they realise that the other four have escaped too, and they end up just giving up and moving on. Yeah. At that point, it's like you're... You're gonna end up, pretty quickly. You're gonna end up earn, earning zero euros, especially all that time and energy you're gonna waste sprinting after the sheep because you still have a long ways to go. And Kathy and Stein end up arguing about whether to show Fernando a photo. Stein doesn't want to risk it, but Kathy shows her anyway, and they've already shown it, so they lose five hundred fifty euros that they have already earned. It's a nude. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's one of uh, Stein's boudoir shots that he's uh, he's been ta- taking with Jill. I was, I was about to say boudoir too. I was going to say it was Kathy's boudoir shot. Yeah, in the downtime, Jill's been trying to uh, convince Stein to do an OnlyFans, and he's just taking shots for that. That's all it is. <laughs> Twenty-seven pounds. <laughs> That's his way of flirting back with Fernanda. Hey, is this? Do you like the picture of this bird? Oh no! Spills her mate. Or it's like a it's a group photo as a boudoir. <laughs> Mark's just in a like the the sleeping bag sleeping bag barely covers him. Mark's in the slutty sleeping bag outfit. <laughs> this is a weird episode already. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a weird challenge. We're talking about a challenge where two people have to transport a goose in the harness while being chased by gauchos that were sleeping for over an hour. And had to be woken up by the collar by Joseph Coster saying, Hustle, guys, hustle. Hustle, you got 7,000 euros to try and save for me. <laughs> yeah, I can't afford to pay this. I still have a mortgage on my flat. So Hannah and Jill come across Papa Bear, and he tells them that they have to sneak past Kathy and Stein with the goose. If Kathy and Stein don't take a picture of the goose, it earns them 2,500 euros. And they have a choice. They can either take a short route through the forest or a longer one through the riverbed, which is a little bit more camouflaged. They choose a riverbed, as there is a lower chance of being spotted. However, the gauchos have just started galloping. And that is a hell of a gallop. Yeah, it really is. And by the time they're going flat out, you can essentially see Hannah and Jill going, oh shit, don't run me over. <laughs> That's why they were so eager to get past that gate. It wasn't a run to collect money, it was a run to not die and be trampled. Well, this is another challenge where it ends up with a very near-death experience with someone involved in this show. Because we had the, the Salinas Grandis challenge where they blindfolded them and were driving and a cameraman nearly died. There's been at least one more, and now this one where, genuinely, those gauchos did not stop those horses very quickly. As we find out in the reunion, they actually ended up running over Papa Bear's toe at one point. <laughs> it was in the montage at the end, is that they um, one of the horses actually trod on Papa Bear's foot, and he's kind of jumping away. <laughs> That's why he was so eager to put that hand up when the gauchos were coming, like, I can't, I still got one more episode to film. I do actually need to get back to Ghent in one piece here. <laughs> yeah. 
And in a wonderful bit of filming, we actually see Hannah and Jill sneak past them as they've earned 700 euros, and they are not taking a risk in going for more photos. The gauchos enter the final area and start going absolutely flat out, and Hannah says she grabbed a nettle and hands over the goose to, uh, to Jill. And Kathy and Stein actually see the horses and say Hannah and Jill will be behind them on a donkey, because they know how this show's going to work anyway. They weren't too far off. That's what Hannah assumed before the challenge started, is that they'd be riding a donkey instead of a horse. Yeah, as soon as Papa Bear said, well, not exactly, she went, oh, we're going to be riding donkeys, aren't we? <laughs> and Hannah is so tired at this point that she can't even manage a hot for dumber. No, she just manages a hot for <laughs> Does that make any sense? Does anyone say hot for That's when you know someone's out of breath, I guess. Yeah. And as they're running up the drive to Papa Bear, they see the gauchos approach, and they manage to enter the ranch just before the gauchos get there, and Hannah collapses, and Papa Bear actually has to tell the gauchos to stop and not trample him. It's funny, like, Hannah's saying, I can't run anymore, I can't run anymore, and then sees the horses. Oh, no, if I don't start running, I am going to die, and I won't be in the final three. So they earn 4,690 of a possible 7,000 for the pots, and Kathy and Stein earn 800 euros of a possible 5,500 from their photography skills, meaning that they earn 5,490 of 12,500 for this pair of challenges, and 29,490 of a possible 94,500 for the season so far. And one thing I do have to point out is that the El Pato challenge is the only one in the entire season where they don't earn a, a whole hundred amount. It's the only one where there was like a partial amount up for grabs that they were able to earn? Yeah, so it's it's one of only two or three that I can think of where they had a value of less than 100 that could be earned. But this is the only one where it actually is in the entire season. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's all in either 100s, 200s, 500s, or 1000s for the rest of the season. What was Greece like? <laughs> what was that percentage? Well, Greece had the, um, had the drachma one, didn't it? So that one immediately... Um, immediately has kind of weird amounts because it was one drachma to every 34 euros. That's the one that comes to mind straight away. But I think in later seasons, they've always had more challenges where they could have earned kind of less than 100 euros on a challenge. But this is the only one in the entire season for Argentina where they actually do. Yeah, you mean less than 100%? Well, no, less than 100, um, less than 100 euros because it wasn't a whole 100 amount. Every other challenge in the entire season has won them... A multiple of 100, 500, or 1,000. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Because the bottles made it a multiple of 50. Yeah, the bottles had 10s and 20s in them. It'd be weird just to go with really odd numbers like 33, 72, 49. Well, Belgium has the advantage of being able to do that because unlike Vidum, they don't have the more money, so they can just um, they can just make it whatever they want to, in theory. Just come up with the most random values for the pot. Yeah. Seven euros and fifty cents. As long as they don't make it mathematically difficult, they can do what they want with Belgium. They have a guy who's just full time job is to take out a calculator after each challenge. And Jill says that there was a sense of euphoria when they actually earned any money after so long, because it's been two episodes, I think, since they've earned any money whatsoever. Yeah. And they earned a lot in that one challenge. Well, it's the only challenge where they can actually earn any money in this episode. That's true, yeah. That, that's the weird thing about this next challenge, is that there's no money up for grabs. And Hannah says that the money is ultimately irrelevant to her, she just wants to unmask them all. And at dinner, they play a dilemma game. The first one is whether they would take €100,000 or their partner. And Jill says it's easy, €100,000. And the second one's where it gets interesting, because they are asked whether they would kill baby Hitler. 
I like how Stein's reasoning was, it'll be fine, we'll just wait to see if he grows a moustache or not. I think Stein has been listening to Bo Burnham a little bit too much in the song Little Adolf. He's grown a moustache and he's only two. It's like, yeah, Stein, that's not how this would work. He would still be a megalomaniac sociopath, even if he didn't have a moustache. That's how he gets you. Clean-shaven baby Hitler. He lulls you into a false sense of security by being clean-shaven, but he's still a psychopath. And Hannah says she would kill baby Hitler, Kathy says that baby Hitler could grow up with a different life, and Kathy wants them all to explain, in detail, about how they would kill baby Hitler. I like how this question gets asked during the Argentina season, because for all they know, the real Hitler could be sleeping in the next room. Hitler could have been one of the gauchos. He could. I remember that wonderful story um, from the 50s, I think it was, where there was a Nazi general who was hiding in Argentina, and Mossad found out where he was, kidnapped him in the middle of the night, and dressed him up as a um, as a flight attendant and flew him back to um, to Israel to stand trial for war crimes. Is that a real story? That is 100% real. There's been a couple of films made it, made about it and everything. Adolf Eichmann, I think it was. Adolf, Adolf Eichmann? Yeah. I just Google it to make sure it was that Nazi, but I think it was. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, he died in Israeli prison in 1962. At a young age, at 56. That's weird. Oh, he's he executed. Put, yeah, he was put to he death. He executed. For war crimes. <laughs> I'm like, well, did he die from heart attack or something? <laughs> I'm like, man. I love how your first reaction to a Nazi dying at 56 was, oh, that's young, rather than, he was a Nazi, of course he was hung. (laughs) Why do all Nazi war criminals die at such a young age? Why do they all die within five years of being put to prison? Why? That's so weird. And they all talk in the evening about who they want to be sitting alongside in the final. Hannah and Stein want each other, but Hannah says she hopes she can convince him to suspect the wrong person. And they all sleep in a little bit on day 17, to the point where Papa Bear actually has to wake them up at 10.17am because they actually have to have breakfast and get on the road. I like how they showed what time it was to show just how much of a sleepyhead the whole cast is, because we've seen other episodes where they wake up and it seems like it's not early morning. Because they, they, they've, they've referenced it multiple times that this cast likes to stay up and drink each night. Yeah, this is the first time I can ever remember on a mole season of the host having to actually knock on the rooms and go, come on guys, seriously, stop taking the piss now. Maybe there was actually another challenge that was for money that day, but because everyone woke up so late, it's like, well, I guess we're just doing the exemption challenge. Yep, get the backup challenge ready, set up the archery boards and let's do this. This is the most relaxed I'd seen Kathy all season was the night before where they're all doing doing each other's hair. That was the real war crime. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> that was so, I was so close to making that the banner this week. I was so, so close. We're going with a goose banner. Especially the one with like Kathy laughing with their crazy hair. Yeah, I have got it screenshotted just in case I changed my mind at the last second, but that made me laugh so much. Because it serves absolutely no purpose other than to reinforce the fact that this show is a travel log first and the mole second, which is a brilliant way for them to do this show, and it's something that continues throughout every season of it. So at breakfast, they find out that they will compete against each other in archery, 
And Jill spots the sign about practice making perfect and is the only one to actually leave breakfast and actually practice. And then Papa Bear announces that they've got 15 minutes to practice. Everyone leaves, meaning that Papa Bear gets the rest of the breakfast spread all to himself. And after the 15 minutes are up, he sets up two signs on the targets, one with a chance at an exemption and one with a chance at extra information. And they each get one arrow to shoot at a target of their choice. Understandably, they all aim for the exemption. But only the two best will actually play for the exemption later. The other two will go for the extra information, which is the Diaries of the Losers. And Hannah shoots and misses, Gilles shoots and hits the black ring, Kathy shoots and misses, and Stein shoots and hits the white ring. That means that him and Gilles will play for the exemption later, and that Kathy and Hannah will play for the Diaries. And Kathy and Hannah have a shootout to decide who can choose a diary first if they win. And Hannah hits the target just, and Kathy actually gets the best shot of the day, hitting the red ring of the target. And I'd forgotten that this challenge even existed, I'm not going to lie. I kind of remembered it. It came back to me when I watched it, but they've never done a challenge since where the loser's diaries could actually be destroyed at the end of it. Yeah, there goes the potential profit on eBay. Yeah, because the the diaries tend to be the one souvenir that any of the contestants get. So it is a little bit mean to have the risk of them being set on fire. As Papa Bear has said to us in the past, they don't actually get them back until the season's aired and everything, just in case. But imagine having to go back to, say, a, a Thibaut or a Bruno who were quite fanatical and go, yeah, here's the pot of ashes that was formerly your diary. Maybe they, they put blank diaries on the raft. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. I don't think they would have actually set fire to the real diaries because cause that's a bit too mean for them to not get any souvenirs whatsoever. Because what if the raft tips too? If it just tips over into the water and they still win the challenge. You can't honestly believe that that was just a raft made of straw. There would have been stabilizers on that raft, 100%. It would have been very difficult for them to actually um, tip it over. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, the what-if scenario, or if like, the r- rain started coming down really hard. So the challenge itself actually takes place on a lake. The boys are on one side and the girls on another. And the boys have to use flaming arrows to set a raft alight, the raft containing the diaries of the losers. If they set it alight, the diaries are lost and the exemption goes to one of them. And to decide who will claim the exemption if they win, they have to play a game of 21, or as it is in this case, 25. Papa Bear's got 25 arrows in front of him, and they have to take one, two, or three each round. Whoever takes the last arrow will play for the exemption. And she also knows how to win this game from the beginning, so I would say, I very rarely say this about Belgian Mole, but this challenge was a flop. Yeah, this one was a little bit broken because it's one of many it's one of many challenges during the season where they adapt classic logic puzzles because you have this one, you have the bottle puzzle in episode 1, there's one coming in the finale next week where um where it's one of these people lies, one of these people tells the truth, you have to ask them one question to work out the truth. They stop doing this after this season. They don't do any of these classic logic puzzles again. Probably for this reason because 21 is an incredibly broken game anyway. If you play first, you can win straight away. Exactly. Like, you can't really do it as a showdown challenge, and especially not to determine who gets to go for the final four exemption. Yeah. That's a bit ext- that's a bit extreme, Solamento as well. Sure, Stein gets to have a chance at the exemption. So, I, I mean, I guess it really comes down to if, Jill, if uh, Jill's knew the puzzle or not. Yeah, because the other thing you've got to take into account is the fact that if you were Stein... You probably wouldn't put too much effort into trying to shoot the raft if you hadn't won the exemption anyway. If you were playing for Jill, you're only playing to give him an advantage and nobody else. That's not really an incentive for him. 
Right. Especially as if the girls win the diaries. One of them has got to claim Mark's diary, and that's just going to be either toilet paper or things that he's learned about homosexuals from spending five days with Jill. I like how they didn't even discuss it, like the, when they were picking out when Kathy and Han eventually win this challenge, how they have their little round or their uh, schoolyard pick for the diaries, how Mark's isn't even mentioned. Yeah, weirdly, they do tell us who the first choices are, and we find out who Hannah's second choice was, but none of the other ones are actually um, are actually mentioned. Was Hannah's second choice? Hannah's second choice was Isabel, because that's where yeah. she gets the secret note from as to who is voted on each test. I guess they didn't want to show it any... I'm guessing the editors didn't show the pick-up any further to avoid embarrassment for the early boots. Yeah, because nobody's going to pick Ruth's diary because she spent three days with them and has no idea who it is. And you can't read the pages because it's all covered in paint. That is true. Nobody's going to pick Mark's diary because he didn't make a single note, at least about the game. Unless it was in invisible ink. Probably nobody's going to pick Manuela's because she didn't... She, by her own admission, didn't make many notes. It's just a bunch of angry sentences and all uppercase letters. Yeah, so in reality, there's only three diaries they're ever going to pick, which is Isa, Thibaut, and Bruno. You wouldn't pick any anyone else's diaries from the other three first boots, I would say. So Hannah and Kathy have to pull the raft as fast as possible to keep them, and choose between them who gets which one. If Gilles shoots the raft, he wins the exemption. If Stein shoots it, nobody wins anything. He just gets to play spoiler. Yeah. However, the boys miss all 25 anyway, and the girls win the diaries. Literally, I know we've said this about a couple of challenges this season, there is nothing for me to say. It's watching them shoot flaming arrows, which arguably is a cool visual, but in reality, this challenge is kind of a bit of a bust. Yeah, it's just a weird way how they... I mean, to have 21 or or change 21 to 25 was another weird decision to make. Yeah. I don't know if they just changed the number just in case somebody who knew 21 would be slightly thrown off for a minute. I think it was so that it would be an appropriate number of arrows to actually shoot at the raft, because they get 25 chances to shoot them. They use the 25 arrows. Do you think if they had a few more arrows, one of them would have gotten it? I think so, yeah, because Stein was very close towards the end. As much as I think that Stein probably wasn't trying his hardest to win this challenge, Stein can't switch off. Throughout the entire season, Stein has proven unable to switch off and constantly playing like a contestant. And the best thing for him to do, given there's no money involved, is to try and block everyone else from getting an advantage. So I think he put more effort in than he probably should have on this one. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, probably just no no off switch, even if he didn't care that much. Just wanted to win. Competitive. Yeah. So the girls get 30 minutes with the diaries, Kathy chooses Tibbo's, Hannah chooses Bruno's, and then they decide to help each other. But Hannah does hide some information from Kathy, and that was from Isabel's diary. So I'm very interested to find out who um, who Kathy picked as her second choice, because she got a choice before Hannah did. And whatever was in Isabel's diary was important enough for Hannah to take a page out and, and put it under her foot. Hannah really didn't want to be in the final three with Kathy. No, because she thought she'd lose. That's the thing. Kathy is so intense and so focused that she's probably the one person in the cast you don't want to face in a final situation. Yeah, if you have to do 50 questions about them all, you would probably want to face off against not Kathy in that scenario. Ideally, you would want to face off against Ruth and Mark, but those two options were taken off the table very quickly in this season. I wonder if how if anyone shaped the strategy for the future, realizing, hmm, maybe aligning myself with the most intense person, or rather, just letting the most intense person skate by with minimal with minimal alliances to go against them, or putting seeds of doubt in their head as to who they think the mole is. 
I wonder if that's going to be a stra- if that ended up being a strategy in future seasons where you identify the Kathy of the cast and try to figure out how to dupe them into picking the wrong mole. Because if they're onto the right mole, that final quiz is going to be very, very difficult to beat them. Yeah. If you let someone like Kathy get close to the end and confident on their mole and their right, they're going to be unbeatable. But having said that, as I've said a few times, they never cast anyone like Kathy again. Kathy is an enigma in the casting of Belgian Mole. They never cast anyone as intense as her again. And I want to point out with Hannah that the other extra layer to it is that her and Kathy just genuinely didn't click throughout the season. Like they were cordial with one another towards the end of the game, but you can definitely see, especially with her confessionals at the beginning, which were really emotional, saying, I don't want to be in the final three with Kathy. That's not how I want to end my adventure. And just how she kept saying, uh, I really want to be in the final three with Stein. I really like Stein. And she's like, I know, I think Stein is onto the wrong mole. But if I tell him who the mole is, it jeopardizes my own game. And I might not make it into final three. As I've said a few times, the first four episodes of the season are very much Kathy's story. Five and six were very much Jill's story because everything revolved around him. For me, episode seven is not the story of one person, it's the story of Hannah and Stein, and how Stein falls to try and help Hannah. She manipulates it to make sure that that happens, but Stein gets eliminated in this episode to help insulate Hannah, and how she has that terrible choice of whether to tell him or not to potentially jeopardise her own position. So it's kind of Hannah's story, but with Stein as a peripheral bit of it, I would say. Yeah, because if Kathy is not the mole, then for Hannah, it's like, well, if I tell if I tell Stein who the mole is, then both of us have to beat Kathy on the final four quiz to send her home. Which, as they've probably worked out by now, would be a very difficult prospect if Kathy isn't the mole. Yeah, so it's all about, do, I, do you take that risk, giving Stein that chance to beat you, and then you yourself don't even make final three? But then the other aspects of this is the fact that if you keep Stein around, you probably win a lot of money. Yeah, you do well in that final three round and you easily cross, uh, may even hit 40,000 euros by the end of the season. Yeah, you can earn a lot of money by having Stein there to not mold. And you know with Stein and Hannah in the final three that they're not even going to bother with trying to dupe each other into thinking that they're the mole. No. I think Hannah wanted Stein around because Stein was the person she could beat. Because if Stein was on the wrong mole, then he's had less time to prepare anyway, and and she could absolutely ace that final test. But Stein being there means that she can be confident on who the mole is as well. That's the other element to this, is the fact that she knows Stein isn't the mole, he knows that she isn't the mole, so it means that both of them can laser focus on the person who is the mole. And as we'll find out in the finale that, I guess... At this point, it's probably not. I'm sure listeners can figure out who the who the mole is if they haven't already seen the season. But as we'll find out, this might be proved to be Hannah's biggest mistake: is not figuring out a way to get Kathy. Because I think we can say with with certainty that Hannah would win if she was up against Stein at final three. Because we know how that final quiz goes. <laughs> yeah, I I 100 agree that had Hannah made a different decision here she would have probably won the season and probably won it by quite a large margin. Yeah, considering that we end up with the closest finish ever in the history of any mole season worldwide. Yeah, we will get to that next week because I'm very excited to finally talk about that because 
I kind of remembered how close it was. I forgot how how it actually plays out. You forgot that it was a double that it was a double tie. I remembered it was a double tie. I'd forgotten that Hannah nearly faints. <laughs> <laughs> so they drive to the next accommodation where three of them will stay tonight, as there is an execution that evening. And right before the execution, Hannah says that Stein is on a different Maltua and has to make the decision as to whether to tell him. And it is now time for the test. 20 questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows least is the final person to go home, apart from the mole who can never go home. And Gilles says that he's ruled two people out, Bruno and Bruno's suspect. He thinks he's been getting through by the skin of his teeth. Hannah says she must be on the right track as she's kept getting through. If it isn't who she thinks it is, she owes that person a pint. Stein says he doesn't suspect Hannah as they share too much information. He's made a list for everyone. If it is Hannah, he'll be shocked. And Jill says that it's the first time that he's gone all in on one person. And Kathy says she thinks he's right. No one but the mole knows that they are safe, though. And Jill says that being eliminated first is the worst, but being eliminated last is nearly as bad. And at the execution, Hannah insists upon Stein holding her hand before the screen's revealed. And Jill sees a green screen before it's Stein who sees the final red one leaving Kathy, Jill, and Hannah as the final three. And even though it's basically her own doing, Hannah is very upset and is speechless. Because she feels responsible for Stein going home. She's entirely responsible for Stein going home. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's different with the mole, though, because it's Stein's own doing for not figuring out who it is. It is, but it's a known mole tactic to either align yourself with the mole or align yourself with someone who's trustworthy enough to get both of you to the finale. And we really didn't see Hannah and Stein's bond that much during the season until this episode. It became a storyline in the episode it actually was relevant to. But I think if they'd stuck together a lot more, it would have been more beneficial for Hannah. Yeah, it's such a, it's it's kind of a funny, it's a funny scenario because you think of the mole as being one of those shows where, like with Survivor, you say, oh, well, I went home because all those other people voted me out. There was nothing I can do. And with the mole, the, the whole idea is that, oh, well, you're responsible for if you go home or not. But here, Hannah had the information knowing who the mole is. Could have told Stein to potentially keep both of them safe and, of course, give herself the win at the end of the game. So it's one of those very rare situations where a person has to feel guilty over somebody else going home, thinking, well, even though Stein wasn't able to figure it out himself, I could have just given him the answers for him to advance. Yeah, I'm not criticising at all, because short-term it's the right decision for Hannah. She guarantees that she's going to make the final three because she knows Stein's on the wrong track. But long-term, it would have benefited her far more if she could have helped Stein a little bit and put him on the right track. Because she doesn't know how well Kathy or Jill is really doing. That's the thing. One of them could be wavering almost as much as Stein was. And one answer from Hannah could have guaranteed Stein was in the final three. And she would have guaranteed herself a stonking win and not gone to a double tie and nearly collapsed in the uh, hills of Argentina. So she's kind of her own undoing there. It's a very difficult situation. There really wasn't a correct way to play it. No. It's one of those real moral dilemmas that I don't think we see in any season after this. To the same extent, at least. I don't remember there being anyone who you go they really should have saved that person to try and help themselves to the same extent that Hannah had to choose whether to help Stein or not. Especially at Final Four, be like, okay, if I give this person information, I could be going home. It is a 33% chance tonight that I go home. Yeah. 
If I don't give my closest allied information, zero percent, zero percent chance I go home tonight. But now I'm really rolling the dice. If I can beat the other person who's really hardcore with memory, and maybe I already have a zero percent chance of winning the final three anyway. Either way, Hannah, like, no wonder Hannah was ready to faint by the end because, I mean, she nearly, well, she nearly collapsed in the gaucho challenge. <laughs> Where Jill's is asking her, um, <laughs> Hannah, are you alive? Uh, I'm half alive. Everything is spinning, but I think I'm here on Earth. <laughs> I'm holding the goose in a harness, so I don't, get back to me on if I'm in reality or not. Yeah, th- this episode is very much the story of Hannah and her moral dilemma as to whether to help Stein. And it's really interesting to watch it with that mindset of Hannah is deciding basically whether she wins the season or not in this episode. And also, there is no guarantee that even if Hannah had made a different choice that there would have been a different outcome. Stein still could have gone home. But I think for someone like Hannah, she probably lives with that regret a little bit and probably regrets making the decision she did. I think if she had helped Stein, and he'd still gone home on that, she probably would have felt a lot better about it. But then that might make her think, am I on the wrong mole? As you said, there is no right decision to this to this dilemma. But for someone like Hannah, I think she probably made the wrong choice here. Yeah, of course we're saying that in hindsight, where it's like, well, she definitely didn't make the wrong choice, but at the time, there was there was no right or wrong answer to this decision there wasn't like a, oh you just blew it Hannah it's like well let's see how this turns out next week good luck facing off against Kathy yeah they say hindsight is 2020 but this is hindsight in 2020 yeah we're talking about something that happened four years ago so everyone eulogizes Stein on the way out including Papa Bear himself saying he was a great contestant and contributed so much to the party especially which is essentially what we've been saying every episode is that without Stein, they 100% would not have made nearly as much money. Probably not even crack 20k. And that's no exaggeration. <laughs> now, Stein personally was responsible for probably about half of that pot going in. And that's even with him trying to pull back a bit after he won that initial 10 grand. So next time, the final three go on a temptation hike, get blindfolded, and go parasailing before taking the final test. One of them will be the winner, one of them will be the loser, and one of them will be unmasked as the mole. Again. Four years later. And one little programming note from us is the fact that we are merging the finale and the reunion episode, so it's going to be not a double-length recap, it'll be about the same length-ish. We're just doing the final two episodes together. So if you are watching along, somehow you've never seen this season before, if you are watching along, then uh, make sure to watch the finale and the reunion, because you know we'll be discussing both in the same episode. All right. So thank you for listening to our Demol Belgi Argentina recap. We will be back next week to conclude the hunt for the mole in Argentina. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram where we are RTV Warriors, or you can email us on contact at rtvwarriors.com. Logan is on Twitter at logsupergwacky, and I'm MJ Harmstone. See you next week. Peace out and just chill to the final flavoring.